tonight, when you leave, you will be very different human being forever. Amen. Everybody in here will be very different. For the good or for the bad. You'll either grow or you will be a, a miserable human being. Say, hell, like the Grinch hiding on a mountaintop, mad at everybody because they're happy. No Grinches here, amen. amen. You know, I've already, that's the only Christmas thing I've listened to all year is the Grinch. I've gotten to where I don't know, the only other one I like is Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown explained, explained the line, that's what Christmas is all about. And I thought, whoa, we should have him come preach here someday. And Charlie Brown would do a good job. Tonight we're going to do something. Um, I'm going to answer a question. And um, let me start off by giving you the title. I don't think that they got a title up there yet. The Parable of Parables. There is a parable in the Bible. I call it the Mac Daddy parable. That means Jesus said, and I'm going to read it to you in a minute, that if you understand this parable, you understand the whole Bible. But if you don't understand it, you'll never understand the Bible. And it's actually a pretty simple parable. But we're going to go over it tonight, and um, we're going to be a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. Amen? So in Luke 4, chapter 4, Luke 4, 4, Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted of the devil. And he says, and he, but Jesus answered, talking to the devil, and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. Now, this book right here is faith food. Your spirit, man, must eat. Your spirit man must eat. Now, where we're going tonight, and we're going we're to get into this real deep tonight. We're going to get into it. We have people in the body of Christ praying for a miracle. And you're starving to death. You're emancipated. You can't eat one meal a week and live. You don't eat one snack on Sunday and call yourself a strong Christian, not possible. As a matter of fact, we're going to show you in a minute that you need to be eating the Word of God on a regular basis all during the day. There's a lot of people, a lot of people right now, and, and, I, and I, I've seen this over the years, and there's a question that people ask anytime they pray, and something doesn't work, they immediately go into why. Now, we're going to answer why tonight. We're going to, we're going to go into why. And the, the reason for the why is to make an accusation that somehow or another, God did not do what he said. Now, let me tell you something about the Bible. You're going to have the Bible more than in your head. The Bible in your head is not doing you a lot of good at all. In other words, the memory of the dinner you had last week isn't really helping you. Do you remember that steak? It was so good. Kenneth Copeland made a statement. He said, the shadow of a dog never bit anybody. 
your memory of, of what you read, your memory of the God, your memory of the Word of God isn't any, any better. Food is to be eaten for the sake of your body. You say, well, I already had a hamburger before. Well, you might have another one someday. You might have another tomato someday. You, you might have lasagna someday. You might have spaghetti someday. I hope you ate today. If when the church takes the word of God as serious as they do eating, we will have a very different group of people in this room. Very different group of people. So Jesus made a statement. He said, man does not live by bread alone. Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Just pop it on the screen. I'm going to read a few scriptures before we get into my Mac Daddy. Hebrews 5.13. And everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. Go to 514. I want you to read that and then we'll come back. Solid food. Solid food. How often do you give a baby milk? Every, once every morning? Come on now, let's get serious. I mean, you know, I mean, you just don't want to waste good milk. How well would a baby do with one bottle a day? How well would you do if all you had was one promise box scripture in the morning? Not good. And thus, my sermon, most Christians are not doing very well at all. Because they're starving to death. They're spiritually hungry. And they don't have any energy. They don't have any faith. They don't have anything. Based on how much Bible they actually have. I'm not talking about what you know. I'm not talking about what you heard. I'm not talking about the sermon you sat in. Solid food belongs to those who are full age. How often do you eat solid food? You ought to, you know, and I, I have, uh, now I've, I'm down to about two good meals a day. But, but I wake up every morning, have coffee, and sometimes I wait till later. But I, I actually make a, a big loaf of bread. I made a loaf of cranberries and raisin and cinnamon and walnut bread yesterday. And I had a big slice of it tonight because I didn't have any this morning. But usually I can go till about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a slice of bread. And then I'm going to find something to eat. Because I start getting tired and I start getting very, very weak. Now, in the morning, I'll have eggs or I'll have something. But, I'm, but I, 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 you know, it's, it's a part of my life. And don't condemn me, but I actually eat every day. And don't condemn me, but I actually eat several times a day. And it's gotten so bad that I'll actually stop at restaurants if I'm not near the house and I know that I'm not going to make it home and I just stop and get something to eat, that's terrible, isn't it? What if? What if? What if? People 
did the Bible exactly the way we do a restaurant? Have you, well, what if there was a church on every corner like there is a McDonald's and a Burger King? You know, I told Lisa the other day, and I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. I was going to go get me a hamburger, and I was going to tell Melanie that it had been on my dash for a year and just give it to her, see what she'd do, a McDonald's. And I've heard that you can lay it on your dash, and a year from now, it'll still be good. Anyway, I don't want to find that out. Anyway, go to Job. 23.12. Go to 23.12. I have not departed from your commandment of your lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. We are going to take this church into a word. We're going to become Bible reading, Bible eating, Bible walking, talking Christians. Because if faith is the victory that overcomes the world, and faith only comes by hearing, not having heard, we are going to need to hear a lot more of the word than we're hearing, especially Sunday and Wednesday. There must be more than that. Must be. We're going to talk about a regiment tonight. We're going to talk about getting in to the Word of God. Let's go to another one, Luke 10, 38. Now, I'm going to turn over there because I want to read that to you. And I'm going to give you a vision. Luke 10, uh, I think it's 38, yeah. It happened as they went and he entered a certain village A certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, you have to start thinking like this. This is Jesus. You say, well, I don't sit at his feet. Well, if you've got a Bible opened, you're at his feet because he is the word made flesh. And we must start understanding to the degree you love the word, you love the Lord. To the degree you read the word, you're with the Lord. To people who do not spend time in the word, you are not spending time with the Lord. And something's wrong with your fellowship with God. And you'll never, never be strong. You will never have a, have a strong faith in God. Never. You can't. You can't do it. Neither can you live strong. You can't be an athlete and eat one meal a week. You can't do it. We will know the first football game. You didn't eat this week. And you'll know the first time the devil jumps on you, you didn't eat this week either. Amen. Now let's finish this. Let me, let me, let me come back. Where was I? Martha, it says... She had a sister named Mary who who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Martha was distracted. Say distracted. Now listen to me. We're going to get into the parable in a minute. And what we're going to get into is cares, riches, and pleasures. There's nothing wrong with having cares. There's nothing wrong with riches. And there's nothing wrong with pleasure until they take the place of your time with God. I don't have time for the word. You don't have time not to. We're going to read, I'm going to show you in a scripture in a minute 
that he said one thing is necessary. I think it's right here. As a matter of fact, it's right here. I'm going to show it to you. Now, and I want you to grab this statement he makes. Therefore, he, he said, don't, he said, Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him and said, Lord, don't you care? My sister's left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. Now, what she's doing is not immoral. Now, listen to what he says about it. Jesus said, Martha, you are worried and troubled about a lot of stuff. But one thing is what? Say it again. Needed. Say necessary. You don't have anything on this planet more important than your time with God in the Word. Nothing is going to work until. So he didn't say one thing is kind of important a little bit. If indeed faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, and faith is the victory that overcomes the word, wouldn't, it, wouldn't you understand how important it is for you to, to make sure that your number one priority every day of your life is your time with God? Well, I, well, the phone rang. No one told you to you had to answer it. Well, someone came over. No one told you you had to open the door. Well, I had an appointment. You're the one that made your schedule. You're the one that turned the alarm clock off. You're running your time. God's not running your time. You're running your time. You're doing right now everything you want to do. And you're going to have to make some, I want to, I want to, I want to spend time with God. I want to spend time in the Word. Okay. One thing is necessary. Mary chose the good part which will not be taken from her. You can't take it out of someone once you're in the Word of God, no devil in hell can get it out. Now, let's, let's, now let's go into Mac Daddy. Go to Mark chapter 4. I think that's right. Yeah, Mark chapter 4, verse 1. We'll get into the Mac Daddy parable. Now, y'all are being kind of quiet, which is concerning. It's okay. You'll shout later. Verse 1, and he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, and he got in a boat and sat on the, by the sea, and the multitude was only facing the sea, and he taught them many things in parables. And he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow. It happened as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. The birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And the sun was up and scorched because it had no root and it withered away. Some of the seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew and choked it and it yielded no crop. Other seed fell on good ground and it yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced 30, 60 and 100. And one translation said 100 fold. And he said, who has ears? 
let him hear. Now, what, now listen, what does that mean? You're going to have to hear what he said. I don't mean with your ears. I mean with your heart. You're going to have to go, I heard you. When's the last time you looked at your kids and go, are you listening? What does it mean? Well, sure they're listening. Why would you ask such a question? Are you listening? I want you, I'm asking you, are you planning on acting on what I just said to you? Did you, did you hear me? Now, God is going, now this, this is, what he's saying is, I, I'm getting, I'm going to get real serious with you. Are you listening to me? You better listen to what I just said. Because everything in your life hinges on whether you heard me. Pretty big statement. But when he was alone, those around him and the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said, to you, it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And those outside, they come in parables. So seeing, they may not see and perceive. And hearing, they may hear and not understand. Lest they turn and their sins be forgiven. Verse 13. And he said, do you not understand this parable? How then... Are you going to understand all parables? If you don't get this one, forget everything I have ever said to you or you've ever heard in a church service from the day you were born. That's pretty important parable. This parable is the map daddy. And I want you to hear what I'm fixing to say to you. Now, listen to number one. The sower sows the word. Number one, what's wrong with the seed? Number one, nothing. Never, never get in a trial and ask why? Why, God? Pastor, can you just ask one question? Why? Well, I think it has to do with the soil. Has nothing to do with the seed. The seed is perfect. The seed has never screwed up. A a corn seed has never been wheat, turned into wheat and went, oh, oops. Never. Never, never, never question what happened on God's end. Why, God? You, do you understand what you just said? You just blamed the seed for your soil. Now, Jesus is fixing to say, if there's a failure, it isn't here. It isn't in the Bible. It isn't with God. It isn't with Jesus. It isn't with the Holy Ghost. It has to be you. 
somewhere we did not make the connection. Well, don't shout me down. Andrew Womack prayed for a child. There was a woman who called him, and this was when he, year, this has been years and years ago. And, the, and this is in one of his books. And he said, the, and the, he said I, I stood on the word, I prayed, I did everything I knew. And the child died. And at the funeral, he stood up and said, I'm going to make a statement to this, the people. And apologize. The fault is either mine or it's the mother's. But it is not God that failed to get this child healed. I failed somewhere. The mother failed somewhere. Maybe we didn't know. Then he said, but I'm going to find out. Now, coming from his Baptist background. That's a powerful thing for a Baptist to say. Yeah. It isn't God. We miss something. I've had times when I didn't get a prayer answered, and I'm going to tell you something. We miss it. I miss it. Have you ever missed it? You've missed it. And I'm going to tell you where you missed it. Somewhere you missed it in the prepper, preparation of the soil. Because when the soil is good, the seed will produce 100% of the time. Everything God said will happen. Are you all out there? Do you go home? Now, see, you have to start there. Because everybody that has a faith failure, rarely, rarely do they look back and go, I don't know where I missed it, but I know I did. Kenneth Hagin one time told the Lord, he said, I know I'm missing something, and I know it in you, and I know it's me, so I'm going to ask you, show me where I'm missing it. We can miss it. But as long as you think that somehow or another, God did not answer your prayer, you're picking on the wrong person. See, y'all just went quiet again. At least say, oh me, or oh my God, or something. Say, oh my God. Okay. Verse 15. These are the ones by the wayside where the word was sown. When they heard it, Satan came immediately and took the word sown in their heart. We had a person here not too long ago, I won't mention the time, right in the middle of the service, something came up and they had to leave. Nothing came up, darling. More important than you sitting in a church listening to the word of God, but the devil got in somebody's head right in the middle of a sermon on how to be born again, and they ran out the door. All right. Now, you understand there is a devil. And according to the Southern Baptist pastor, there's only 2.5% of the people going to heaven, so he's, he's, he's working overtime. Never mind. I'll just stop right there. I'm just, y'all, y'all look at me like a dog and a newborn. These likewise are those that were on stony ground. When they hear, immediately they, re- they receive it. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. They hear Satan comes to me and he takes the word that was sown in their hearts. They are the ones that are on stony ground. Let me ask you a question. Why would you leave rocks in the garden? 
What is stony ground anyway? It really isn't rocks, just rocks. It's actually hard soil. What hardens soil? Now, many of you grew up in the country. I know, I can tell by looking at you. And you had a garden. And you had a path around the garden where you walked, and your mama walked, your daddy walked, everybody walked on it. And that dirt path, two feet wide, was hard as a brick. It's dirt. But you ain't nothing growing in it because your feet were on it all the time. Listen, you can't, you got to watch the way you walk. You don't, you don't keep doing wrong and expecting the soil to be soft. It's not going to work. You will harden your heart. So he's talking about, you know, uh, with, with rock. And, and, and naturally, I've been around, I've been around where, where there's ground that was just pure rocks and nothing grows there. All the seeds you want to, ain't nothing growing. Okay. We'll skip that. Verse seven, 16. Likewise, those are the ones who are sown on study ground. They hear the word and receive it with gladness. Now, these are the people that Sunday morning, oh my God, Pastor, the best sermon I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh my God, you have no idea. Oh, I needed that then why is it you never gave it another thought after you left? Why is it you didn't bring a Bible and take a highlighter and mark up your Bible so you could go back tomorrow when that sermon is gone? Gone is Georgia for gone. I'm going to come over here and preach. Have y'all ever, do y'all not understand that the food you ate this morning is no good tomorrow? Do you understand that the sermon you heard Sunday is totally worthless right this minute? It's totally worthless unless you did something to preserve it. That would mean you brought a Bible and you brought a highlighter and you marked the scriptures and then you read them again and again and again and again. We we're talking about, and I know y'all don't remember anything I said. Being rooted in righteousness. How do you get rooted in something if you close the book and never read it again? You're not. That Bible, it's not real to you. It's not your truth. It's mine. You never made it. I want to know how many of y'all would like to go to a seminar on how to make biscuits and gravy. I would. Okay, we'll just, lasagna, pizza, apple pie. Can I, I'm going to give you a secret here. After you go to the apple pie seminar, take what they said and go home. Get the apples out. 
Get the cinnamon out. Get the sugar out. Get everything that you need. You need to literally make an apple pie. And you need to write down what the person said to do to make the apple pie. And you might want to get the video in case it doesn't come out the way it did when the guy taught it. So you can go back over and go back over the ingredients and make sure you made it. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching better than your amen. You don't learn apple pie. Now, let's go another one. Let's go deeper. I read books on weightlifting. God, y'all are quiet. (laughs) I've actually read books on jogging. I am a professional. I am a PhD in jogging. I don't jog, but I know everything there is to know about jogging. But I ain't getting out on that road because I can't stand to jog. You know the Bible you're not doing? You do. The word believe means live by. If you aren't living by it, you don't believe anything you heard. Smith Wilkesworth, not Smith, T.L. Osborne said, I don't like coming to America. Hardest place in the world. Get anybody healed. Because you have so much time on your hand for everything. Just give me my healing. I just want one healing and I don't want pain. But don't lay anything on me that I need to do. It don't work. You're not getting anything. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving who? Say myself. Say not me. Well, that's the best response I've gotten all night. That's pretty good. They have no root in themselves and endure for a time. And afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. Now, listen to me. When you hear a sermon, there's a devil that's going to bring you trouble. That means... That something's going to happen because the Satan don't want you back in this church. And he doesn't want you reading your Bible. And he doesn't want you. So number number one, I'm going to tell you, number one, somebody is going to tick you off. Well, I ain't going back down there again if you had any idea the way those people treated me. Well, Jesus went to the cross for you and he never told you to follow me. He never told you to follow anybody. He told you to follow him. And you're not in church because of the people here. You're in church because of him. And without him, you're nothing. Do y'all out there, did you go home? Now see, we're just going to have to understand something. Trouble is coming. Don't confess it. I just did. Whether you confess it or don't confess it, super spiritual, it's going to happen. Because Jesus said it's going to happen. That means as long as you are in a church learning the Bible, there's going to be a certain amount of trouble and most of it's going to be at home. It's going to come right out of your family. And you're going to throw the towel in. 
committed I am. I was just, man, what's, I mean, I started going, and all H broke loose. Why? To keep you from coming to church and reading your Bible and obeying God. Uh, am I the only one in here that ever had any trouble? Maybe I'm the only one. No, Amber, Amber has had trouble. Lisa, you ever had any trouble with just any at all? I mean, just any? Barbara, you ever had any trouble? I mean, about the time you get on the Word of God, you, you think, Lord, have mercy. Come on, Jesus. Well, wait a minute. Paul said, Lord, I prayed three times for this problem to quit. And he said, my grace is sufficient. Listen, you have the greater one in you. The reason he gave you the word was to use it. The, the reason he gave you the authority and his name and the word was to use it. Now you have an opportunity to use it. Why don't you get on the word? You just heard what to do. Count it all joy. I know, I know, but... Oh, oh. Never mind. Lisa, you should have preached tonight. Okay. <laughs> they have no root, and they endure only for a short time. Afterwards, trouble and persecution arises for the word's sake. That's why it's coming. These are the people sown among thorns. When they hear the word, cares. No, that's not sin. Deceitfulness of riches. That's not sin. And desire for other things enter and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Not a sin in there. In other words, Satan couldn't get you back into dope. Couldn't get you with the porn again. But by God, he got you with a neighbor, and he got you with a ticket to Disney World. And then you got a new house, and it needed to be remodeled every Sunday. Hallelujah. Yeah. Come on. If he didn't get you with poverty, he'll get you with money. Yeah. Well, I'm preaching better than you, amen. Remember, we're going back to every day, baby, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. That means that the battle starts when you wake up. Open your eyes and Satan goes, good morning. And you go, I bind you in Jesus' name. I'm going in for coffee in Jesus. And I take authority over you right now before I get out of this bed. You're not going to stop me from praying and getting in the word of God in Jesus' name. And then you get out of the bed and you jump and count it all joy and you head into the living room and you smell the coffee cooking and the, and the coffee pots are going and, the, and my bread is in the oven and the butter's on it and, the, and, the, and I'm sitting there going, don't bother me right now. I got, to, I got to have my time with Jesus because I'm fixing to go out into the world. Glory be to God. Come on. Cares, riches, and pleasure. Sunday's not your day off. But my business is a ministry. No, it's not. Your business is a business. And you're not making money seven days a week. You can't even make it six. There's a God and you're not him. 
Well, I mean, we're just going to have to get back to the basics. Thank you, Lisa. Jesus is Lord. But the ones that are sown on good ground are those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. There's another, there's another translation, and I'm not going to go there, but it says those who have a good heart. That means that once your heart is no longer full of the world and the things of this world, then the Bible will work in your heart because faith is in your heart. Love is of the heart. Faith is everything that happens around your life is of your heart and your heart must be empty of everything that's not God, including the world, including your friends. If you love your mother more than me, you're not worthy. If you love your children more than me, you are not worthy of me. Your kids do not take the place of your time with God. Well, honey, I'll take you out to lunch on Sunday. We'll just go. No, you won't. Take your son to church. And then take him to lunch. Because you're teaching him that he's more important than God. What, what kind of parent are you? Folks, listen, we got, there's got, you got to, now see, then you're going to come along and go, I, I, I prayed and nothing happened. No, you, no, listen to me, sweetie. Your heart is not right. How are you expecting the word to grow in it? Oh boy, it's quiet in this baptistry. And clean it out. Clean it out. Get all, get everything in it. If not God, just get it out. One thing is necessary. There's only one thing. You got one thing. That's all you ever had to do was just one thing. Put the word first. That's it. And the word. Now we've got another parable. Got another parable. You ready? Boy, I'm running out of time. I have lots of notes. Okay. Mark 4, 26. The kingdom of God is of a man who would scatter seed on the ground. He would sleep night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. How? Does the word produce healing when you sow it in your heart? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know, and you don't either, how you take a seed that big and you put it in dirt, and all that happens is it gets wet and it grow and it expand the and the wood that the seed is made out of. Somehow or another turns dirt into a tree. Don't tell me you know, because you don't. (laughs) And all that it's bringing through the roots is water. And the water has stuff in it, but we don't, you don't understand that either. Nobody does. And then one day it becomes an oak tree. And where did all that wood come from? And the leaves and all the acorns from the water? 
You say it came out of the seed. How does a seed change its own size with just water? How does by his stripes you're healed eliminate sickness in your body? I don't know. How does prosperity scriptures make you have money? I don't know. You don't either, but it does. Okay, okay, I'm doing, and y'all actually got excited once. I mean, it's, it took you 45 minutes before you actually woke up. You sleep nine day, nine day, nine day, nine day, and you don't know how. The earth yields crops by itself. And you don't even have to help the work. You don't have to do nothing. Just, no, I'm, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Just water it. Goofy, just, just water, just water it. With what? Water? Is that difficult? No, there's nothing difficult about it. Then why does the Bible call the watering of the word? How do you water a seed, which is the word, with and then the word is called water. How does the word become water when it was a seed? I don't know that either. But unless you water it, it won't grow. Ah. <laughs> but if you do, it will grow. A tomato seed will become a sprout. And then it will have a little flower. Where did, I don't know where the flower came from. Don't ask me. And then it has a little red thing that goes pop. And I don't know where it came from either. And later you come by and pick it off and it's juicy as all get out. And it's very good. And if you'll keep watering it, it'll give you a whole lot of them. And then there are some more seeds inside the tomato that if you plant them, you'll have a whole lot of tomato plants. If you'll just put them in the garden and get all the junk out and put some more water on it. God Almighty, it's so simple, you have to have a theologian screw it up. I want to know something, Pastor. Why didn't my major plant grow? Well, I'll tell you this. There's nothing wrong with a seed. It might be your dirt. It might be your water. It might be the crows. It might be the squirrels. But it ain't the seed. There ain't anything wrong with the seed. The seed, the seed, it's a tomato seed. I sold you good tomato seed. Don't come back to me. I ain't giving you money back for the tomato seed. It's your fault. If you don't have tomatoes, it's your fault. Go to YouTube and start, learn how to grow tomatoes. This is almost so simple, you're looking at me going, is that easy? Yes. Uh, have I offended you? No. Well, give me a chance, I will. <laughs> <laughs> For the earth yields crops by itself. First, the blade. Not going to happen in 30 minutes. That's true. Nine day, nine day. <laughs> well, I got prayed for Sunday. Water it. 
Water it. Water it. Water it. They'll lay hands on the sick. Now what? Recover. Water it. By its stripes I'm healed. I don't feel nothing. Water it. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. How does that work? I don't know. Water it. What do you want me to do, Pastor, now? Water it. <laughs> then the head and the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, you put the sickle and go, ah, I got it. It worked. Hallelujah. It's a miracle. It'll work 100% of the time. Every scripture has the ability to reproduce itself if you'll put it in your heart. Every, if you put John 3, 16 in you, you'll get saved. Everybody that puts Romans 10, 9, and 10 in their heart will get born again. Everybody. God's not out there going, not you. Nothing wrong with John 3, 16. Nothing wrong with Romans 10, 9, and nothing wrong with 1 Peter 2, 24. Nothing wrong with the seed. Jesus is Lord. Help me, Jesus. Just get me out of here with my hair, what's left of it. Okay. John 8, 31. Pop it on the screen. John 8, 31. Come on, y'all. And Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my what? Come on, I want to, I want some, you're going to come alive now or I'm, I'm going to, if you abide in my what? He didn't say a thing in the world. You come to church, did you come to church, did you come to church? Have you been to church? You need to go to church. Abiding means to live. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you're not in the word, I question you're being a disciple. Amen. Amen. Go to verse 80, 32. And then you'll know the truth. And not until. And it'll set you free. Now go to John 15. Go to John 15. Come on, I'm going to, uh, uh, y'all actually came alive all of a sudden. I got to, I got to captivate this, this life that hit you. 15.7, 15.7, John 15.7. If you abide in me, and if you abide in me, if you just love the Lord like a bluebird, I just love you, Jesus. I just love you, Jesus. Jesus, you're my everything. Nothing's going to happen. Not a thing in the world. And we sang Kumbaya all night long. If you abide in me, and my words are living in you, you can ask anything you want. And it will happen. They ain't no ABC. They ain't no... What you think about that right there? This will work. Jesus said, 
whosoever. Who is a whosoever. It's a who's, it's a whomever. It's a anybody, anywhere, anytime. You could go to a state penitentiary right now and preach the gospel, and if they opened their heart, they'd all get born again and go to heaven. If Hitler had opened his heart, he'd go to heaven. I'm a pretty powerful seed. Okay, James 1. Ooh, Jesus. I'm watching that clock back there. I don't like it. I'm going to do something here in a minute. It's going to be kind of um, monotonous. I'm going to get monotonous. I said, I'm going to get monotonous. Someone said, you're already monotonous. I'm fixing to get more monotonous. <laughs> Verse 21, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted, the, not, and the word has to be planted, it had you're going to have to put it in the dirt. Now, that's a deep revelation right there, which is able to save your souls and be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving who? Yourself. If anyone hears the Bible on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning and doesn't even think to write the Scripture down and do it, he's like a man looking at a natural face in the mirror and he observes and goes away and maybe forgets what kind of man he was. But anybody who looks into the perfect law in the liberty and continues in it, say continues, and is not forgetful what you heard and does the work, will be blessed in what he does. It's, it, it's not hard. There's nothing hard. Now, I'm going to do the monotonous now. This is a Bible. It's my Bible. And if you take it away from me, it would be a bad day. I have others. But let me tell you something. I don't have the marks in those that I have here. You see, I have colored up everything in my... It's like I'm like a kid. Now, I got to tell you this, that this week I read some of these scriptures that I preached Sunday. I read them again. <laughs> I did. Because even though I preached it, <laughs> I forgot it. I was so excited Sunday. But I woke up Monday depressed. I was hungry. And so I opened up my Bible and I read being made righteous by grace through the redemption that was in Christ whom God set as propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Be glory be to God. The word says I'm saved. And then at lunch, I read it again. And then Tuesday, I read it again. You know why? Because my memory is just not all that good. Maybe it's not my memory. Maybe it's because it's just food. And, and you know, I get to where I have these that's my faith. 
And so I get some food out and I go, and I have this thing because I don't remember what number it is. I just know it's yellow by the green one on the page that's torn. Come on, Lisa, help me out right now. I've read some scriptures. Let, let me tell you another one. First Peter 5, 7. Oh, you know it. First Peter 5, 7, Melanie. What's it say? You know that. You read it more than once. Does your mother know it? She doesn't know it at all. She worries a lot. She has temptations. Yeah. Write it on a card and give it to her and tell her to start reading it. Four or five. Give her a prescription from me. Say, Dr. Melanie, from, to mom, read 1 Peter 5, 7, 10 times a day until you get over being sad. Come on, y'all, help me out. Come on, I'm, being, I'm, I'm trying my best, folks. You cannot live here without them. You're not going to make it. Now I remember what I was going to do in Matthew. How am I doing? Good. I'm glad. I'm glad because I did this whole sermon just for you. And I've been praying for you all week. And the Lord said, you just need to talk to Amber. Honey. Everybody in this room needs this. Yeah, that's right. I had this strange idea I was going to go to Bible school and learn the Bible. And I did. But I found out the day I graduated, I had to go back and read it again. And I've been reading it ever since. And oh, thank you, Jesus. Matthew 7, 24. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'm going to liken him to a wise man that built his house on the rock. The rain descended. Now listen to me. Just, I'm not trying to scare you. If you live in Florida, whether you believe it or not, hurricanes are coming. I don't care whether you use your faith and say they're not, because you're wrong. They're coming. Now, if you built the house right, don't worry about anything. But we, we live here, and so we do to hurricanes what they do to snow. And we do to snow what they do to hurricanes. When it snows here, we go, and everybody starts sliding around on the roads, because they don't realize you can't do 80 miles an hour on I-4 when it's snowing. Because you can drive down the road and turn the wheel and it doesn't turn right. It just keeps going the direction you were going when you were doing 80. And then you put on the brakes and the other guy meets you bumper to bumper because you don't know nothing about that white stuff. Anyway, but when it's hurricane here, we just go, oh, hurricane. Because we built our houses for it. Do you understand? You're going to have to build for the days of trouble that are coming. They're coming. 
And it's not the people in this church's fault when your house crumbles. Doesn't mean anybody down there care. We do. Where were you when we were in the Word? I'm busy. Okay. Well, that's good preaching. I know you don't like it, but it's true. The flood came, the wind blew, and beat the house. And say, it didn't fall. It didn't. The, the house don't. Your life don't have to fall apart because you go through a trial. The word's bigger than that. The word's stronger than that. The word is stronger. The word of God is more powerful than anything. It's more powerful than the devil. It's more powerful than the winds. It's more powerful than hell. It's more powerful than anything else on the planet. But if you built on it, you don't have a worry in the world. But you're going to build on it. You're going to meditate. Psalm 1. Go to Psalm 1. I'm, I'm just, I got all kind of stuff popping around inside of me. Psalm 1. Every morning, Lisa and I wake up. And now you say, well, we can't do that. You can, yeah, you can too. Most certainly can. Nobody's, nobody's got your alarm clock. I didn't set it for you. God didn't set it for you. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That means he turns ABC, NBC, and listen, turn the TV off. They, all they've ever done is lie. And if, they, if you think they're telling the truth, it's still Jesus is the truth. What in the world do you need to know what's happening all over the world right now? You can't fix it. All it's doing is making you mad. I dare tell you, this makes me mad. This makes me mad. Well, that's going to hinder your faith. Never mind. Nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the scene of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates... Day and night, he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. It's not it's all it is. It's, yeah, but it, so I'm going to go back to the word. How? I don't know. I don't know how. But I do know this. It does. Nothing lives without water. Nothing. And he calls it the watering of the word. First Corinthians. Let's go over there. Let's go over there. I'm just, I got time. We're just, I'm just going to pop a bunch of scriptures at you right now. Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah. First Corinthians chapter three. I, I actually got 10 more minutes in case y'all are wondering whether I should be turning you loose to go home yet. Not yet. I'm not finished with you. First Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 3.1, I, brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual, dear God, but to carnals, bunch of babies, I fed you with milk, at least you're eating milk, and not solid food, for now you're not able to receive it, even now you're not, for you're still carnal, there's envy, strife, and you're still fussing and fighting like a bunch of babies anyway, verse 4, and one says, well, I'm of, I'm of Paul, I'm of Copeland, I'm of Hagen. Well, no, I'm of Karis. No, I'm of Rodney. Oh, no, I don't like any of those people. I'm of Apollos. Are you not a bunch of carnal? No, never mind. Verse 5, and then Paul, who's Apollos, but ministers through whom you believe, and the Lord gave to each one. I planted, and Apollos did what? 
watered, watered. God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants, but he who waters, God gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters is one. Listen to me. If, if, if somebody's planting the word of God in you and nobody's coming along and watering that same word that you heard, that word's not going anywhere. Now, now listen, I, I do something and I'm just going to tell you what I do. I have this thing called YouTube, and, and uh, Andrew Womack is on it, and Kenneth Hagin is on it, and, Kenneth, and, and, and um, Rodney Howard Brown's on it, and Shuttlesworth is on it, and I make sure that every day that the sun comes, Kenneth Copeland said this, he's never had a day of his life, not one day, not one day of his life, that he didn't go to bed listening to Kenneth Hagin preach. When T.L. Osborne died, he was reading E.W. Kenyon's book, Righteousness, for the one millionth time. Why? Because it's, it's watering what he knows. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to get finished here. Does anybody have any idea what I'm driving at? Read the Bible. And I mean, you get to where it is numero uno. You get your Bible out after tonight. You get you a nice, sweet yellow highlighter. Get you an orange and a green one, too, by God. You're going to need it. And a red ink pen. And just when the scriptures I preached tonight would be a real good place for you to start and go, I should write those down. And tomorrow, when I've totally forgotten everything he said except what made me mad, I can read it again. Because you're not going to do it. You're going to leave tonight and you're not going to do anything you heard. If you're not going to pull the Bible out and read again the scriptures on the word. If, at least the parable of the soul. At least read that. And say to yourself, by God, I'm going to be good soil here. And then you're going to need to read it again the next day. Maybe at lunch. Maybe at dinner. You're going to need to read it again. You're going to need to read who you are in Christ. Then you're going to need to read some scriptures on how to behave. You know why people don't behave? They never read scriptures on behaving. Well, I preach on behaving and you never came back. I don't have to take that. Yes, you do, you big baby. You need some scriptures on behaving. The whole nation needs scriptures on behaving. And everybody in Washington needs scriptures on behaving. And they need a few scriptures on hell. Are y'all out there? Do you go home? There's only one book that has the power to change you. And it's a Bible. It is the only thing that, it's the only book that Jesus said, the word is alive. Not another book you've read, not another, anything you've ever watched, nothing you've heard, nothing trumps the word of God. It has the ability and only book that has the ability for you to read it and you to become it. Now I'm going to close with this. You can go out of here and you take a piece of wood 
from your kitchen table and plant it, and you will not get a kitchen table. It will not become a kitchen table. But you can get an acorn planted. It'll become an oak tree, and you can make a kitchen table. Just because it's a piece of wood. There's a lot of junk you're listening to, reading. It's just dead. A lot of sermons are just dead sermons. They don't mean anything. We go to first church. They're all dead. Preacher's dead. Everybody's dead. Everything's dead. The Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Able to reproduce after its own kind. All right, say this with me. Starting tonight, I'm going to clean the soil out. No more cares. No more riches. Nothing's hindering the Word of God that I just heard. And I'm going to plant the Word of God in my heart. I believe that the Word has the ability to reproduce after its own kind. I don't know how, but I know that it will for anyone. And it's really easy. Anybody can grow tomatoes. Anybody can grow okra. Anybody can grow okra. You just throw it in the ground. It just comes up. This stuff just comes up. Anybody can grow an oak tree. Anybody, you can grow an oak tree. And anybody can take the Word of God and get it to reproduce in your life. First the blade. Say first the blade. Then the ear. And the full corn in the ear. Always works never fails every time just water it just water it and then water it some more in Jesus name and it'll happen okay I'm trying to quit does anybody understand the parable of parables tonight after tonight you went I understand the Mac daddy of parables I was going to read Smith Wigglesworth tonight but I'm out of time that he carried a Bible everywhere he went and never went more than 15 minutes of his life that he didn't open up a Bible and read a scripture. And that's probably why he raised 38 people from the dead. Word of God is real to him. Father God, thank you for tonight. Father God, thank you for everybody sitting in this room and the ones that were watching online were and still are. Now we'll take this to heart. This is not a sermon to walk out and forget. This is a sermon that will change everything in our future if we will take it to heart. Nothing is impossible to the man that puts your word first. In Jesus' name, amen. Shandai. It's 8.14. I left y'all out one minute early. You should rejoice, Melanie.